This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Not sure why I'm hearing an echo. Let's try that again. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg. Grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Carlos Kajina is our technical producer, and Ryan White is our live stream producer. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, and also my Rumble channel, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Coming up in the second hour, Kieran Woodhouse is a paranormal investigator in England, and he's just produced a documentary titled A Haunting in Essex. And I just finished watching uh, the film this afternoon. Pretty compelling stuff, I must say. So this family in southeastern England, Essex, uh, well, their lives have been turned upside down by paranormal activity in their cramped house. And what makes this documentary so different is uh, they actually caught The owners and Kieran, Kieran Woodhouse, caught quite a bit of paranormal activity or, let's say, unexplained activity on camera. You can see it for yourselves. These are not recreations, uh, but some sort of unexplained phenomena, like coins being thrown down the stairs, doors slamming, strange voices, clothes. This is the weirdest part. Clothes manifesting in front of a camera. And floating down from the ceiling and landing on the staircase. And you see all of this in the documentary. A Haunting in Essex. And Kieran Woodhouse uh, will be here. I think this is his first time on the radio show, but I had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. Uh, This hour, 
an internationally known medical intuitive healer and author, discusses interdimensional entities called archons, which attach themselves to humans. They feed off of us. They manipulate us uh, by feeding us negative thoughts. Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin is the founder of the Global Enlightenment Project. He specializes in healing abductees and others who have suffered related negative ET trauma. He assists people in removing negative ET presences from their lives, clearing homes and land, and closing multidimensional portals. It sounds like this family in Essex could use his help. He also works tirelessly with Illuminati fallout children who've been mind-controlled and physically tortured by ET-influenced government agencies and institutions. In addition, he works very closely with the Pleiadians and Arcturians to help heal and rebalance humanity. He has a new book and protocol uh, out that addresses the negative ET presence and how it has affected humanity. Today, Christopher is internationally known energy healer who specializes in healing people from all forms of illness. Again, especially those created through ET technology, such as Morgellons, Lyme, etc. He, he is the author of History, Truth, and Healing, HIV, AIDS, Agent Orange, Gulf War Syndrome, Morgellons, and Lyme. Christopher, welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, Richard, thanks for having me on. It's wonderful to be here, bless your heart. <laughs> oh, my, are you far from Essex by any chance? I, I'm detecting no, an I'm English actually... accent, or are you in the United States now? Now, I'm in the United States. I live in Missouri, but I was born in uh, Chester, which is 20 miles from Liverpool and 30 miles from Manchester. So, uh, yeah, I, I came here about in 2010. I never left. I love the place. <laughs> uh, are you in the Ozarks? Uh, exactly, yeah, the Ozarks. I love oh, it. Wonderful. It's amazing. So, Beauty, beautiful, beautiful surroundings, you know, lots of trees and back into nature. Right, right. So you are a uh, described as a Melchizedek being. Now, I know Melchizedek from the Old Testament. He was kind of a priest king from Jerusalem. I think Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. So obviously he was a very revered uh, a person. But what do you mean? What is a Melchizedek being? Well, there's, there's various beings, of course, uh, you know, malevolent and benevolent, you know, uh, and there's lots working together to, you know, make things happen. And there's there's the uh, negative ones trying to shut us all down. Uh, the Mechilzdet beings come from the ultimate dimension. Um, they were involved with, you know, on the creation of this third dimensional world, they were kind of involved, involved with things like putting Akashic Records in place and some creation of different plants and things like this. So... Uh, they had a um, they had a participation that of course prime creator creates the whole thing which is you know source or whatever you want to call the universe God of all that is or you know I define God as God God as prime creator of all that is but um, the Mechizedek beings also were were trained to kind of police the time space and police things here so they they keep coming back here. One of, the, one of the problems with this world is that it's a third dimensional world, and of course you've got free will. So even the prime creator, because of that beings, you know, Actorians, Palladians, they can't get involved without having some of their people incarnate down here. 
so they can get over the third dimensional aspect of free will and, uh, you know, by asking, okay, ethers, we need you down here, guys. We need something to happen. So they're calling uh, their starseed family to come in and help. And that's what's happened. That's why you've got a lot of starseeds born. You know, uh, they call them different different uh, names, but it, they're all starseeds. So as a Melchizedek being, you volunteered to come down to Earth. I mean, do you remember... Uh, Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> prior to your incarnation here on Earth? Oh, yeah, I remember when they, you know, they say, okay, he's coming down this time. And I've come down. The thing is about starseeds, Richard, is, is this, is that, you know, for the last 4,000 years, they've had to come down a lot of times because things are changing so rapidly on this planet. And, you know, obviously in this third-dimensional world, but if you didn't keep up with the changes, you would, uh, you would not, um, what would you call it, train yourself to have the strength for right now, because this is it, you know, this is what we've been training for. So we've incarnated for the last 4,000 years a lot of times, and most uh, starseeds have, to train and train and get used to being here and get used to being here because it's getting darker. But of course, you know, we also got this ascension program going on, so uh, it's important to understand it. And I think that's why we've incarnated a lot of times. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking volunteering, but I did. <laughs> I mean, I, I always tell people, look, if you get in God's queue and God says, I want volunteers, no, don't go gunning, pretend you've got a bad stomach, go to the toilet, pretend you've got diarrhea, and stay in there all day until, and then you come out, oh, <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love it so, down here. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's nuts, you know, but uh, but I do love it down here. So let me see if I'm, I'm I sort of have a handle on what is happening here. When we're talking about negative entities and so forth because we're going to talk about archons and um, we know about archons let's say for example from the gnostic tradition there's the demiurge and and the archons are kind of i don't know guarding this prison planet um so we're sort of trapped here and every once in a while someone kind of gets behind enemy lines an avatar arises to start to sort of try and wake us up uh, which is kind of really what the Matrix uh, films are all about, right? Those are very Gnostic films. Um, oh, they are. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So as a Mel Melchizedek being, uh, are you like one of these, similar to one of these avatars who have, it's almost like uh, special forces paratrooping or uh, parachuting in behind enemy lines, uh, you know, undetected by the Archons to, to try and, save this this prison planet is that the idea that's the idea and there's a lot of people there's not just me and there's five that beings here but there's a lot of uh, actorians palladians Atlantarians, lumerians you know they're all doing different jobs and and we've had to have them here um and you know our job is to actually we're going to do a huge project which is um going to really help the planet uh, i can talk about that later uh, but it's a huge huge uh, project which we're working on now um, to acquire the land to actually get some um, off-planet pyramids down here. And that's kind of, to me, is essential to the planet's transition because if you don't, there's so many, there's so much symbology and things built on the ley lines to try and shut them down. So the energy field around the planet has been really um, skewed, uh, for want of a better word. And in addition to that, of course, the Archons, what they've done, uh, these guys have been around for thousands, you know, Ever since the Babylonian times, then, you know, the, the plan, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Archon Covenant, 
Uh, that no. kind of goes into their plan. So the Archon Covenant describes, well, uh, let's manipulate them, let's make them sick, you know, let's use metals and skew the brain so they can't think properly and they can't make, because they, they're seers, they can see. So you have to somehow dumb people down. And then you've got fear, you've got anger, and you've got frustration, um, you know, through media, you know, through religion separation, through um, obviously political separation. Uh, and you've got other separation going on now, you know. Uh, so they've... They've, they're crazy. They've, they've manipulated people's minds so much that, you know, it creates a lot of anger. And it, it, you know, anger and fear really shut people down. And then these so beings can... Where do, know, these, feed where do these archons come from? You said they, they've been around since Babylonian times, but... Uh, Before that... Where do they yeah, come they're, from? They're, yeah. kind of, they're kind of the duality. Uh, they were created... Uh, they were kind of born out of the Milky Way type thing, and they were created as the duality of uh, the um, the archangels. So they're kind of the negative guys, the archangels. Um, and they actually work with, so the archons actually work closely with the um, the Luciferians, which is connected to the Vatican, and the Vatican, of course, is the, um, the Roman Empire still. People don't even realize that, and they worship Lucifer there. And then you've also got the um, the draconian. Well, I want to be I want to be careful here because we don't want to we don't want to malign our Catholic uh, friends. We're, we're talking about no, it. No, no, With within every organization, um, you know, mm -hmm. there is certain infiltration by darker forces. Let's say darker entities. So you're saying that Absolutely. within the Catholic Church, there may be some infiltration from these Luciferian type groups. We're not we're not maligning yeah, Catholics yeah. or. No, 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 no. Right. I, mean, I just want know, to be clear. Every, everywhere in every religion, every political organization, there's always darkness of some type, you know, uh, because it's it's infiltration, you know, and it's kind of sad. So so anyway, those, uh, so the Luciferians are working with these archons. The problem with Luciferians, if you look at Jesus' teachings, I love Jesus' teachings, he talked about demonic entities. Well, uh, he was really talking about the Luciferians and the uh, Draconians because... Um, what happens is when you when you drop your vibration in your body, these things can attach to you. Now, you know people get in quotes possessed. You know where they're oh, you know they're contorting their body and they've got a really uh, raspy voice. You know, a very hissy raspy voice. That is a Luciferian attachment. And um, but the problem is is because because they're pretty dark beings. What they do is instead of attaching to human beings. They, they team up with the Archons to do very subtle things. And Archons have actually no body. They're actually, they're actually energetic. And they can get in between people because, you know, your wife and yourself, for example, you've got an energy link, you know, and they can get within that energy link and start creating discord uh, with their negative energy. And then obviously the family falls apart. Um, that's, that's what they use them for because if the... Luciferians or the Draconians attached to you, um, then you know you know you've got a possession or attachments because they're too dark. So they they use the um, archons to you know to kind of do it in a more subtle way. Uh, I mean the archon covenant talks about you know make them sick, uh, then we'll give them some pills and make them all sick, and you know we'll poison the food, we'll poison the skies. It's interesting. Have a look at, you know, it's good to look up the Archon Covenant, maybe on DuckDuckGo or on Google. I'm not quite sure it's on Google, but certainly DuckDuckGo, you can see and read it. Um, it's it's quite in-depth. It's very interesting. So the Archons, they have no physical body. They are energy beings. 
Uh, but as a yeah. Melchizedek being, as a as a medical intuitive and so forth, are you able to see them or or sense their presence? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honestly, Richard, when I was four, I could see them. And I remember there's also the Anunnaki, which aren't so dark. There's good Anunnaki and, you know, a lot of manipulative Anunnaki, but they're not... They're not as dark. They do attach to people, but they're more subtle, you know, a lot more subtle even than the Archons. And uh, what happened is when I was four, you know, um, I saw one of these things in the corner of the room, and it, they're, they're normally about nine to ten feet tall. Um, some people call them Nephilim or whatever. But anyway, they sit in the corner of the room, and, and I felt this, like, really dark feeling on my chest. Wow, you know, and I said, Dad, Dad, there's a reptilian thing in the room. He comes going up. Where? <laughs> he just couldn't see it. And of course, you know, it's there, you know, and I, I realized very quickly that I had a gift that people don't have. You know, some people can see through the veil, some people can't. So it is a gift because it's good, because when you come and work on people and uh, want to help them, the first thing you need to do is see whether they've got any attachments. And I would say 99% of people who get sick do have attachments of some sort whether it's uh, Anunnaki, Draconian, or um, Luciferian, or Archonic energy. Mm -hmm. And are, and are the, uh, when the Archons saw, well, when, when you saw the Archons, do they then realize that they can be seen by someone, and then are you then targeted as a result? Uh, you are, yeah. But what you've got to do is, again, build an inner strength, because we're, you know, there's one thing about human race, we're sovereign beings. And part of part of uh, growing um, in this third dimensional world is understanding how these things function and keeping them away with, you know, uh, I call it maps of intent or prayers, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I remember at four, I just come out and I said, get out of my bedroom. It was gone. I thought, wow, that worked. So if you've got an inner strength and you really, you know, uh, command that things happen, they really do happen. But... You know, we're taught in this world to be powerless and, you know, uh, we're taught to uh, be enslaved by money and, uh, you know, religion, all this sort of thing. And I think, you know, but we are sovereign beings. We've got a direct connection uh, with the prime creator, you know, source, all it is, whatever you want to call it, Jesus, Buddha, you know. So it's important to um, to establish that connection and that takes a bit of work because you've got to raise your vibration to a point where you're leaping out of bed and going, wow, I feel amazing, you know, and you feel as though you could really help the world. Uh, but it takes some time to get there because it's, it's a tough planet to be on. How many Archons are there? Are they, are, are there uh, is it limitless, the number of them, or is there a certain number? Uh, I've never really checked, but there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands. There's actually more Anunnaki here, um, which actually live under the planet as well. I don't even know that, but the reptilian Anunnaki, they actually live under the planet in massive caverns, and uh, there's actually more of them than us on the planet. And, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the, the covenants, they've all kind of got together because they want to try and take over the planet and get the human beings off, but it's not going to happen. So, you know, as long as we keep on the trajectory we are and stay positive, you know, the power of the mind is absolutely incredible. And it's important for people not to buy into false narratives and really just focus on, you know, um, the outcome, which is unconditional love, in my opinion. It's the highest vibration there is. Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin is with us, founder of the Global Enlightenment Project, and uh, he is the author of History, Truth, and Healing, 
HIV, AIDS, Agent Orange, Gulf War Syndrome, Morgellons, and Lyme. You mentioned the, the reptilians. I had John – do you know John Rhodes? I had John Rhodes on the program a couple of weeks ago, and, and he has a, a website, reptoids.com. He's a kind of a cryptid hunter, and he, he likewise believes that there are um, huge numbers of reptilians living in underground uh, caverns and tunnels and so forth. So, But these are – the reptoids are, are extraterrestrials. Uh, I mean, they take physical form. The archons yeah. are energetic beings, but so are they, they're working together, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, the energetic beings are working together with the reptoids. I mean, you know, the thing is about an, an anarchy reptoid, reptilian creatures is they can shapeshift, so can draconians, and so can luciferians, so they can switch in this dimension and be physical, and then they can switch out of it. And that's why there's a lot of reptilian people amongst us, you know, they can take human form. You also, of course, have uh, reptilian hybrid people, uh, which are uh, basically produced to get in high-level positions, because uh, a lot of these people don't have any uh, compassion or sympathy. They're just, uh, they're just numb, you know. They just want to, it's all about the money and the power, they don't have any compassion or anything for humanity at all. So we've got quite a job to do to shift this planet, you know, and that, that takes all of us, you know. All right, we'll take a quick time out and uh, come back and continue to discuss Archons and other negative ET entities. Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin, again, founder of the Global Enlightenment Project, back with more of our conversation right after these. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. And we are back with Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin, founder of the Global Enlightenment Project and the author of History, Truth and Healing. And before we get back into our discussion about archons and negative ET entities, uh, we want to mention your online group healing sessions that happen three times a week. Uh, Christopher, tell us more. Yeah, what we've done is, uh, you know, this is a charity. It's a 501c3. Um, I called it Christopher Macklin Ministries originally, but the Global Enlightenment Project is a project of this ministry. So, you know, it's a non-for-profit and because of that, we always make sure everyone gets healing. We work on thousands of people a week, but uh, these things, there's uh, Monday, 9 a.m. Central Time, Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. And we do it every week. It's by donation. You can just come online. If you have no money, I always encourage you, please come on, because never shame yourself. I've been there. I've had no money at times, and I know what it's like. So that's why we do that, so people can get a healing. And help them release these uh, attachments like, you know, draconians and anarchy things from them so they can actually um, free their life up and start moving forward. And that's really important to me. And we do a lot of other healing as well, of course. We work on cancers and different things. So, so if you want to join them, please, please, you know, just come on and, you know, we're trying to help as many people as possible. And the website again, globalenlightenmentproject.com, Enlightenment project.com all one word that's it yeah that's absolutely the best. <laughs> now is it is it possible to i guess self-diagnose how do you know if you have an attachment versus uh just an i don't know a, a regular sort of biological um illness or or is there a difference well 
With an attachment, what happens is this, you know, say, let's take, for example, draconian anarchy. If you have one of those attached to you, they sit in the abdomen, so the abdomen kind of gets bloaty. You know, you get a lot of gas or you can't digest your food properly because it paralyzes the intestines from the end of the cage down because it's low vibrational. So, of course, when you eat, either it gets further down, you feel blur. When, every time you eat, you get a lot of gas and everything's bloaty. It also taps in the lower back between L4 and L5 di uh, discs. So it taps in there where the disc is, and so it damages the L4 or L5 disc between the vertebrae. It uh, also sends you negative thoughts. Now, you know, I know a lot of people when we first do a, a session with them, they say, well, I get all these thoughts. Like, you know, you're useless. And whatever you do in the day, you go to your work, oh, that was pathetic. You know, you go home and do dinner, that was useless. You just get all these thoughts all the time. Now, anarchy, the thoughts aren't so dark. With draconians, they start to get suicidal. So you can always tell how dark the being is. And, you know, as soon as you remove these beings, that completely stops. It's absolutely amazing. But the other thing they do as well is hang on the shoulders or neck. And, of course, they're a spirit here, but it still affects the muscles. So the muscles are tight on your neck or shoulders all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, you, can just, you can just tell, like, your vibrations really low. It also affects the liver. It drops the vibration of the liver so it doesn't process the toxins. So you get brain fog, you get heavy head. And also it paralyzes the adrenals, so serotonin is low, so your, uh, so your um, hormones are off balance, so you just feel exhausted all the time. And, and that's the thing with kind of depression, that's really to be where it comes from. You know, as soon as you remove these things and the negative thoughts have gone, you can start living your life again. But of course, you know, one of the things about healing is really important. You know, if you remove that being now, if you don't protect yourself from them coming back, they can come back within two or three hours. They can reattach. So that's why on the website we have, in quotes, maps of intent or prayers to keep these things out by putting sacred geometry around you. And in that way, you can raise your vibration without these things reattaching and dropping it. So it's, it's a key instrument. So, you know, if people want any help, please just come on these, uh, come on these healings. You know, we'd love to see you. What do they want from us? What are they ultimately trying to accomplish? The archons, the, the reptoids? They want to take the over draconians. the planet. They want to take over the planet. If you look at, uh, you know, the narratives, I mean, you've got, everyone's heard of the Illuminati, Deep State, you know, Cabal, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, a, it's a group of people who just want to control the planet. They want to control the money. Uh, they want a world, world order. And, and they don't want people, you know, stepping up. And they, they, they don't want you to own anything. You know, they want to take over the planet. But, the biggest thing, really, is the, the reptilians below the planet want to come up. And that's why the, these, um, these ideas of blocking out the sun, um, you know, and people say, well, you know, you need to block out the sun because, you know, there's global warming. No, it's nothing to do with that. You know, it's, it's to actually reduce the oxygen because the reptilians under the planet can't breathe that level of oxygen. So they can't come up unless we reduce the oxygen. And that's what some of the, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, cabal people are trying to do. And so, you know, we're uh, here to kind of try and stop that, you know. But, uh, of course, there's a lot of things going on by, you know, uh, control the media, you can control people and mind control them. So, you know, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to watch. Well, I've seen, uh, let's say, artistic renderings or depictions of these reptilians that live beneath us. I mean, these are powerful-looking creatures. Um Oh, I mean, huge! <laughs> I, I would think I would think that they could come up onto the surface if they wanted and and pray, and make pretty quick work of us. I mean, 
They look like they could just tear us limb from limb. Why do they have to do this in kind of a um, in subterfuge, you know, shape shift and and um, attack our abdomens and so forth? Why don't they just declare all out war and and uh, invade the surface and destroy us, devour us? Well, it's done subtly, and I think it's done with the intent of human beings, because what they're doing is manipulating people's mind, because the narratives that play out, even right now, aren't exactly what's playing out, but people believe everything. It's, you know, they want to get people sick, believe in things, and then they become subservient, because, oh, we need help, we need pills to help us through this, and and therefore, you know, they become subservient uh, to reptilians. Uh, They can't just go in and take over, because um, there's... Uh, there's benevolent off-planet beings who won't allow that to happen. There's certain rules of the universe, so they have to be very careful about how they do it, uh, you know, with things like karma and that. So, very interesting. I mean, we have a huge project, um, and we're actually building off-planet pyramids. Well, you know, one's going to be over a 1,000 feet tall, uh, 666 feet tall, and 333 feet tall. It's all sacred number in numerology. And what's happened, if you line these in a, uh, a golden curve, I mean, they're huge things. They're not just small, they're huge things. They're going to be transferred here. But we have to, of course, buy the land. And the whole point about these things is, so well, why do you want to bring those things down here? The, if they're on the golden curve, the last biggest one will be on top of the ley line of the planet, um, the one of the major ley line intersections, which will allow to flood energy and by flooded energy, because these beings are low vibrational, they can't exist in a high vibrational mm-hmm. state. So, so that's uh, really, you know, one of my main projects to do. And of course, um, you know, buying that sort of land, hundreds of thousand acres, and having to build an infrastructure. Because if people think, "Wow, these things have these things have just appeared from nowhere," they're going to want to see them. So it's a huge project. You know, it's not just me involved, but a lot of top banking people and different things. So. That is moving forward slowly. Uh, when the time's right, it'll happen. So, but that'll really help the planet as well. So these pyramids, what, they have to be they have to be constructed off planet and then brought back down to Earth. Why? Uh, because they've a they've got to be um, completely accurate. You know, within point point something of a degree, point zero 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 one of a degree. Uh, the second thing is that the materials they're using are not of this planet. Um, and uh, it's it's also ancient um, it's ancient technology. So they are more stargates. I mean, the ones in Giza were built by the Palladians. They weren't built here. They were switched down from you know a different planet as well, from the fifth dimension, from Palladians. So uh, they've all been built elsewhere. And even now, people think, well, we don't have the technology to build this as accurate as it's been built. And, and they're quite correct. So that's why we're doing it. They'll just suddenly appear. You know, one will appear, next one, and then the final one. And then uh, that'll be something, you know, it's, it's a God thing, you know. It's, it's really going to help. So they, these three enormous um, pyramids, which will be placed on ley lines, will provide almost, what, like a, a protective grid around the Earth to prevent the Archons and the Draconians from taking over? Is that the idea? Well, it'll, it, it, to, to get over karma, it's going to raise the vibration uh, exponentially of the planet over about three or four years. It's going to raise really quickly, which means that low vibrational beings can't live in a high vibrational state. 
that's why I always talk to people about attachments. You know, if your if your vibration is precarious and it's not right up there, um, you know, if, if the level of your vibration is right up here and you know the the low vibrational beings are lower, they can't get near your energy field, and that's what protects you. But meanwhile, while you're doing that and raising your vibration by releasing emotion and getting the energy and flowing in your body with the meridians. Um, you need to say maps of intent prayers. And, you know, it's the same with these pyramids. Once they're down here, uh, because they're Stargate-type pyramids and they have a lot of, you know, advanced technology, but, it, but it's, it's ancient technology. It's off-planet technology. They'll really help. All they're there for really is to raise the vibration of this planet so that these reptilians can't stay here. They either have to leave or they won't be able to exist in a high vibrational field. And... So is there a timeline? When are these pyramids set to arrive on Earth? Um, it's critical timing. Um, it's going to be within the next two years. The next two years. All right. Uh, we yeah. are rolling into another break here, uh, Christopher. Just hold on. We'll come back. We'll open up the phone lines, okay. and we'll also take questions and comments from the live chat. Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin from the Global Enlightenment Project, globalenlightenmentproject.com. Back with more of our conversation right after these. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Just a reminder, coming up in the second hour, Kieran Woodhouse, paranormal investigator, will be here. He has a new documentary out called A Haunting in Essex. And uh, this family in southeastern England, in this cramped little house, well, for the last two and a half, maybe three years, their life has just been turned upside down. And uh, what's remarkable about this documentary is, I'll play a few clips as well, The um, they capture this activity right on camera. The family, when this was, was, was happening, they installed little, I guess, like security cameras all over their house. And you will see in the documentary uh, clothing seemingly manifesting and then and floating down from the ceiling. And uh, you'll see coins being thrown at walls and so forth. It's, it's uh, quite compelling. Kieran Woodhouse coming up in the second hour. He'll join us live on the line from Merry Old England. And um, a merry old Englishman transplanted to the Ozarks of Missouri uh, stays with us. Uh, Reverend Doctor or Doctor Reverend Christopher Macklin from the Global Enlightenment Project, and we're talking about archons and negative ET energies. And um, so this is all um, in about two two years, give or take. These gigantic uh, pyramids being constructed off planet will be will suddenly appear on the planet do we know uh, are you able to divulge you mentioned that they'll be placed on <laughs> particular le ley lines can you t tell us yeah. approximately where they will be located uh all i can say is the word america because of course you know the negative deep state and the ets will not want them here so if we said where they're here they'd buy up all the land and try and stop it from happening but uh, but we do know where they're going to go but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to really happen. And then what happens after the, uh, you say the reptilians or the draconians, because they're low, they're low 
uh, vibrational entities. They can't survive on this planet. Uh, will they? They'll they'll just perish, or they'll leave, or they'll stay underground. What will happen? Uh, they'll have to. Per- well, they'll either perish or leave because you know they can't live in this high vibrational world. Their body will shut down because they're in a low vibrational state. But uh, we think they'll leave and you know go elsewhere and do other things. They have the technology, of course. You know, there's plenty of there's plenty of craft. Even the reptilians and the draconian have got craft, so um, they can they can leave. Yeah. And what about the archons? What will happen to them? Uh, they won't be able to come near the planet because, again, low vibration. Even though they're even though they're a being and, and a, a an energetic being, an energy, you know, lower vibrational energy can't get through a high vibrational energy field. It's like you know putting your hand through a brick wall. You just can't do it. So uh, they'll they won't be able to get near the planet once the planet's raised its vibration. So it'll be a very good kind of instrument to you know uh, get us back to that high vibrational place, and it's really going to help humanity. Uh, to raise their vibration and get back to a sovereign being, you know, uh, get rid of this powerless, you know. I mean, you know, it's sad to see people, you know, depressed, powerless, you know, they don't know what to do. And, you know, I understand it, you know, but uh, it takes a bit of work to get back to your sovereign self. You know, as, as, as beings, you know, humanity, we ingest way too much emotion, you know, hundreds of thousands of layers around the heart. And that's why people have a lot of heart conditions as well, because there's so much energy around there you know and I think uh, once we start releasing that and these pyramids will help by raising your vibration so uh, it's going to be a really good thing all right let's go to the live chat thinker asks uh, how are you able to uh, or what method do you use to remove these spiritual demonic attachments Chris what I do when I work with people, I used to do in-person sessions. I don't anymore. And what I do is I use portals. Um, so what we do is put eight portals around somebody, 27 esoteric Merkabah fields around them, bond the portals into the Merkabah fields because they've got eight points. And then it means that the Kilsdat beings can get through the ultimate dimension, come down here and escort them out of your body. And that's how we got rid of them. And what they do is they send them... You know, the thing is about, if, if you go to a church, say, in the name of Jesus, right, leave. The, the problem with that is, is that you've just upset the entity because it's been commanded to leave, so it will. It'll float around the church, and it'll find somebody else to attach you. You've got to safely move them on and send them back to God with unconditional love and forgiveness. That means, you know, it's up to the God realm to deal with them, whatever they see fit. We're not judging them. And that's a very important point, I think. And are you enlisting the help of um, other entities? Uh, oh, yeah. In, in, okay. Yeah, yeah. And who, the who or what in particular? I, I work with the that beings, you know, there's a lot of them uh, in the ultimate dimension. But, you know, because they're in a portal, they can come through the ultimate dimension as energetic beings. And they can actually do work on your body. You can actually feel it. It's like... It's kind of like psychic surgery. You can feel things happening in your kidneys, liver, whatever, whatever they need to do. It's it's pretty amazing. They're amazing beings, bless them. Uh, not Gordian uh, in our live chat is asking, how do you communicate with these various beings? How often do you do you meet them in person? <laughs> I talk to them every day. Um, I talk to them. Um, they sometimes appear. Um, but, uh, you know, most of the time you're just communicating through telepathy. I'm very good at telepathy. I can read people's minds, you know, and I can also remote view people as well. So 
that means, you know, if you lie on your bed, you can have a look at your body and say, okay, let's have a look at the liver, you know, uh, yeah, that looks okay, or it looks a bit sick, It's maybe it's a bit gray, it's low vibrational. You see tumors, you can see, um, you know, how's, how's the lower back? Oh, a lot of people have L4, L5 disc issues, be, you know, they bulge because these entities tap in and, and once they tap in, even though they're energetic, it seems to destroy the L4, L5 disc. Uh, so, because if you think about it, you know, you're so strong, you know, as a human being, you know, your spine's one of the strongest instruments in your body and yet everyone's got lower back issues. And of course, there's another reason for that as well is because of the emotion we actually ingest, the muscles tighten in the lower back and start pulling your hips out. And, you know, everyone's going to the chiropractor, we put them back in, they go out, go back in. You know, it's important to do some work on releasing the emotion and getting the muscles um, you know, uh, chilled out in the lower back so that it doesn't keep pulling the back out. So there's lots of cause and effects uh, for different things. All right. we This was a short segment, uh, Christopher. We're going to take one final time out, come back. We'll take some more questions from our live chat as we uh, continue to discuss archons and negative ET or interdimensional entities with Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin right here. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. All right, before I get back to my conversation with Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin from the Global Enlightenment Project, just a quick shout out to some of our Star Chamber patrons. And uh, that would be Deep Paul, Tim Sullivan, and Jacob uh, Ribichuk. I hope I pronounced your last name uh, j- correctly, Jacob. Forgive me if I haven't. Jacob Ribichuk, Tim Sullivan, Deep Paul. These are our Star Chamber uh, tier level uh, donors at patreon.com and if you'd like to become an official member or official donor go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet patreon.com forward slash strange planet and to uh, deep paul tim sullivan and jacob ribichuk thank you so much your uh, your generosity means a great deal you have no idea and it really helps us do what we do here at Strange Planet. Thank you so much. Deep Paul, Tim Sullivan, Jacob Ribichuk again. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. All right. We are talking about uh, off-planet and interdimensional uh, entities, negative entities, archons, um, reptoids or reptilians, draconians. And let's go back to the live chat. Sigma6 asks... Chris, any thoughts on the work of John Lamb Lashes and his research of the Nag Hammadi? Uh, I haven't heard of him actually, so sorry, I haven't got any. I haven't got any uh, comment on that. Bless you. All right, the Nag Hammadi. I guess this is the this. These were the uh, the the books sort of con- referred to often as the apocrypha, the books of the Bible that weren't included in the Bible. Uh, some yeah, are yeah, considered yeah. heretical; others. 
um, I don't know, they might be useful resources, but I'm, I, I'm not sure if, if, uh, John Lamb Lashes has done some work with the, uh, the Nag Hammadi library. I think that's what Sigma six is referring to. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I, and I think that, out of, sorry, go ahead. You know, with the truth about Magdalene and Jesus. And so, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of it, but, um, I haven't looked at his work. I'll have to look at that. I'll make a note of that. See if I can look at it. Okay. John, J uh, John Lamb lashes uh, I have here. All right. So when it comes to this oppression uh, on the, on the part of the, uh, the archons or the, the reptilians, um, you would acknowledge that, that there is, aside from that, there is actual mental illness and physical illness that is not caused by that. Or would you say that it's all caused by oppression? I would say, I mean, it can become chemical balance, you know, some, you know, if you, if you ingest a lot of emotion, for example, if your neurochemical balance goes off balance, then you can get like, you know, anxiety, you know, all these things uh, are diagnosed down here as mental illness, anxiety, uh, ADHD, ADD, OCD, and PTSD, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm, I'm sure most people have got some form of anxiety right now because, you know, what's happening on the planet and maybe a little PTSD as well. But I think, um, you know, take, for example, if you look at people who are, have got schizophrenia, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are very gifted people. They can see and talk to beings. The problem is, is that they're talking to the wrong ones. They're talking to the negative ones that are sending them off balance, you know, because the reptilians will not, you know, they tend to give you two, two or three truths and one huge lie and send you off on a, a circle with angelic beings like the Palladians, Acturians, Lemurians, Atlantarians, they will all tell you the truth and they're God beings because they want you to, uh, you know, raise your vibration and really get to your sovereign being self and find your God-given gift. Everyone's got a God-given gift. So I think, um, yeah, they, they send, you know, the negative ones do send you off balance. But, but once, you know, I've, I've worked a lot with schizophrenics. I've worked with psychiatrists, psychologists and psychotherapists and, you know, we get them back to talking to the angelic beings and then they feel amazing. But if people don't understand in your family what you're doing, for example, you know, have I got schizophrenia? Well, the answer is no, but I can talk to beings. So, you know, you've got to think, well, okay, what does that mean? You know, it means you've got a gift. So you've got to disseminate, I suppose, between, you know, people who really are, you know, depressed and sick and, and people who've got a gift but are being manipulated by these archons, reptilians, reptoids, uh, you know, um, it's important. So I want to be careful with this next question because I don't want to absolve uh, this group I'm going to talk about from any responsibility, but let's talk about serial killers, for example. Uh, are, are serial killers, dare I say, victims of some sort of uh, oppression from archons or or reptilians or some sort of demonic entity uh i think some of them can can it can come from uh you know uh, becoming a sociopath where you know because your father beat you and things like this you just start playing that out uh, with other people but it's interesting you know i looked at a i looked when 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 i heard about ted bundy which you know killed 36 36 women I wanted to understand it, so I, I looked at, uh, there was like a, a, a series on it where they looked at how it worked and what happened, and I, I watched it just to understand what was happening. And one very interesting point which I could talk to you about is that 
the uh, the journalist who went to see him before death row, before he died, uh, sat with him, and he said it was amazing because if he asked how did you do it, his eyes went black and he got all mm-hmm. you know uh, very aggressive. If he said, well, how would somebody do it and sp- spoke in a third you know third party, he would just explain the whole thing like, oh, this is it, that's that. Uh, but you know, you could tell that in in that case, the has no human being could do what he did to women. So there's got to be something that's uh, influencing, and and it could be a total possession. You know, his whole soul is pushed out of the way, and these things do actually completely possess people. And I think that's what happened with him. You know, because if your eyes go black, it's a very good signal. If if you see somebody and the eyes go black, you know they've got an attachment, or they look like reptilian eyes. You know, they start flickering like reptilians. So. That's a very good measure to see whether someone's got an attachment or not, or whether they're, in quotes, possessed. And who is susceptible uh, to being oppressed or possessed by uh, an archon or one of these negative entities? Well, in my opinion, I mean, a lot of people do have attachments, but the people who really get attacked by them, to me, Richard, is the people who really want to get back to the... They want to wake up. They want to get to a high vibrational state. They want they want to get back to their sovereign being where they can manifest things. But as they're doing that, these things are trying to knock you down. They don't want you to get out of an, in quote, sheep-like state. They want you really to get up there and uh, really make a difference. Um, you know, they, they don't want you to get up there. They want you to just be numbed down. So they attack and attack. I see it all the time. You know, we work with thousands of people, helping them to get to that what I call, what I call the you know the sovereign place or the the God space, where once your vibrations there, they can't touch you. You know, so they, they oh you're too much hassle. Let's go bother somebody else. And you know, it's, it's amazing to watch. You know, people don't realise how much people get attacked by these things. You know, so it's the people who are trying to make you know uh, make you know turn into their spiritual sovereign being. That's the ones that are going to get attacked. If people just going to work, earn a paycheck, coming down, depressed, can't pay the mortgage, go, you know, go and buy some food, watch TV. If they've got a, an average life, then they're not a threat to these, these beings. The people who are a threat are the people who step outside and say, hang on, there's something going wrong with this world and start to investigate and start to, you know, really get that vibration up. When you look at Vladimir Putin, when you look at him in his eyes, when he's on television, do you see someone who is been oppressed by an archon or a, a negative entity? Uh, I don't actually. No, I don't. I, I I I do look at I do look at leaders and things, and he doesn't. He doesn't have an attachment. Interesting. Probably so what do you think is that? Sorry. You'd probably be you'd probably be surprised at that. <laughs> so, but. You know, you've got to look at the whole narrative of what's going on, you know, and uh, do some research on it because, like you say, you know, things are never the way they seem, always. No, that's true. We're, we uh, we have to be careful. Of, you know, the, the same media that lied to us about so many things, including, you know, so many aspects of COVID, now all of a sudden we're supposed to take uh, you know, their version is gospel when they're reporting on this war. It, it's not necessarily black hats and white hats. It's a series of gray hats. Uh, tell us again, is, yeah. uh, Christopher, about the um, the thrice weekly uh, healing sessions you're doing online. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to come, go to globalenlightenmentproject.com. 
Uh, it's on the front page. You can sign up. So uh, it's the generic healing. Uh, it's Monday, 9 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning. In fact, um, Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. We work on the eyes. You know, the, we work on the teeth, spine. We work on the liver, kidneys. We work on most a lot of things. Do we cover everything? Probably not, but. We do cover most things, and it's it's about an hour. You'll really feel it, and we actually remove entities at the start. So any attachments, we'll remove those at the start. And uh, again, the uh, the book History, Truth, and Healing. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that and where we can get it. Yeah, you can either come to the website. We have them in stock. Uh, History, Truth, and Healing of Manufactured Diseases. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, you can go to Amazon or you can get it uh, uh, from the uh, the website, you know, globalalignmentproject.com. If you go onto the ministry market, uh, you'll see it all there. You know, we have a lot of meditations to help you raise your vibration. There's a lot of instruments to help. Well, Christopher, it's been a real pleasure, really uh, enlightening, <laughs> no pun intended. Thank you so much for this. Oh, bless you. Thanks for having me on, Richard. And it's absolutely been wonderful. And thank you for your team as well. Bless them. Dr. Reverend Christopher Macklin, again, founder of the Global Enlightenment Project. GlobalEnlightenmentProject.com is the website. And uh, we're approaching the top of the hour. Kieran Woodhouse, we hope, will be on the line live from uh, England. We'll talk about the uh, documentary, A Haunting in Essex. And I'll play a few clips for for you. Just a a quick heads up. Coming up uh, a little bit later, well, in April... April the 3rd, Ryan Peterson will be here. He's got a new book out called The Final Nephilim. April the 10th, Don Schmidt and Tom Carey, Roswell Investigators, uh, Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, as we commemorate the 75th anniversary of Roswell. And their book, Witness to Roswell, the 75th anniversary, uh, will be out. And then William Peters on April the 17th. William Peters will be here to talk about shared death experiences. All right. Hour two awaits. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, 
and your cabin in the woods. Carlos Kajina is our technical producer. Ryan White is our live stream producer. And again, check out my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, and my Rumble channel, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Have a listen to this. Let's play that, uh, that first clip, if you could. Anyone now? Anyone now? I can hear you. Where are you? Hey? Where? Where? There you go. That's, uh, that gentleman's name is Lee. You heard his voice. He is uh, the father, I guess, and owner of this small house in Essex, England. And uh, in the documentary, A Haunting in Essex, he's upstairs. We see him on camera. He's doing some remodeling up there. And I'm not sure if you could hear the voices of children in that clip. Those voices are not supposed to be there. He hears them. He calls out to them. And uh, you can you can sense that you can hear the panic in his voice. And then all of a sudden, as he's moving down the hall, the bathroom door slams in his face. And uh, of course, he makes a hasty exit down the stairs and he caught it. I believe it was on his cell phone camera. And this has been going on in their house for over, well, two years when the documentary was made. So maybe three years, maybe longer. And this family at their wits end, there was so much anxiety and stress in the house as a result of this activity, it practically tore the family apart. And then they called Kieran Woodhouse and we're hoping to catch uh, or, or to connect with Kieran over in England where it's, I believe five o'clock in the morning, maybe he fell asleep and, um, We'll get him on his, uh, from his home in England, and he'll tell us about this documentary, A Haunting in Essex. Kieran's a, an England-based paranormal investigator, public speaker, co-host of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast, also the author of An Introduction to Paranormal Investigation, which is a book designed to uh, help those looking to start out in the field of investigations. He's had a lifelong interest in just about everything paranormal which has led him, uh, Kieran, down the path of research where he now frequently presents his evidence, thoughts, and theories to audiences across the, U the UK. And uh, again, the name of the documentary, which is available on YouTube, is A Haunting in Essex. But uh, for whatever reason, we are not able to reach Kieran Woodhouse. So... Uh, I guess we're just going to have to open up the phone lines and all of you who join me faithfully each and every week in the uh, the live chat, I guess we'll do until we get uh, Kieran Woodhouse in here, we'll we'll do a ask Richard anything. Ask Richard anything. So YY Sigma six, Quinn, the Q, Sierra one, Raz Fitz, not Gordian, Fortis King. Who else do we have in the live chat tonight? We've got uh, Chuck1776, um, Magavelli, Fishy Fun 57 Keithcliff, You Betcha, Keenan Key, Diane K, Joseph Patrick, Toxic Canadian. Did I leave anyone out? Thinker, Amanda, 
I think I've got everyone. All right, come one, come all. If you've got a, a question, we'll do Ask Richard Anything. Uh, my producer back in the studio, Carlos, asking me if I have a phone number. And um, I do not. I don't have a phone number for Kieran Woodhouse. We connected on email and Skype. And I did. I emailed him earlier today. And in fact, he reached out on Skype just to let me know that he was ready to go. That was this afternoon. So we hope everything's all right with uh, Kieran Woodhouse. Um, while we're uh, waiting for some of the uh, the questions to come in, we'll do Ask Richard Anything this hour, at least until Kieran joins us. Uh, let's play another clip from this. Uh, this is, again, the documentary A Haunting in Essex. We're going to hear now, this is uh, clip number two, uh, Carlos. This is the, uh, the mother or the wife um, describing what's been happening. Let's have a listen. Do you feel that it's now here to stay? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still here. I mean, it got to the point where it got really bad. Um, we had nothing for a good few months, and then it's like everything's gone back to the beginning. It's starting slowly again. We're getting voices, we're getting things thrown at us, uh, we're getting things moving. Um, yeah, so it's like we've gone back to square one. It's like it's on a cycle. I don't believe we're going to get rid of it. I don't think anything can get rid of it. And like you said, I think now we've just got to learn to live with it which I'm more comfortable with now because obviously I've seen and heard a lot of things that people would never believe. All right. So let's uh, dive into the live chat. Let's see here. Uh, Ryan, if you want to curate any of these, my live stream producer, Ryan White. If not, I'll just grab them right here uh, from the, uh, the live chat itself. Uh, Quinn the Q. Oh, I missed you. I didn't mention you, uh, Quinn. Quinn the Q asks, how is the ice rink holding up? Well, we, um, if, you, if you didn't know, uh, because of COVID and uh, things up here in Canada pretty well shut down for most of the winter, my boys weren't able to participate in any uh, organized sports. So they, uh, they, they so desperately wanted to play organized hockey this year. Uh, they could not for obvious reasons. So we decided to bring the hockey to them and we, uh, we built a, a hockey rink in the backyard. It's, uh, let's see, it's about 50 feet long, 25 feet wide. I ordered it online from a company in the U.S. All of the boards, everything just connects, clicks together like Lego pieces. Then you put in a liner, almost like a pool liner. You call in the big water truck. They fill it with water and you wait for cold weather. And then um, a friend of the family, Bill, he's an engineer. He came over. He put up... Uh, uh, out, outdoor lights. This thing would light up. It turned day or night into day so the boys could play all night and their friends. Anyway, we had great fun this winter on the uh, on the ice rink. We had uh, plenty of cold weather. And now, of course, it's, uh, it's turned into a giant swimming pool, basically. <laughs> it is a giant swimming pool and we are going to uh, uh, have to drain it in the next couple of weeks before it gets too warm because you know what happens to standing water, right? Mosquito season. It would just be a, 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 a gigantic mosquito incubator. So we got to get that drained. You don't leave standing water around come warm, warm weather. So uh, next year though, I'm already scheming and planning for next year. Uh, we have a, a, a hedge 
towards the end of the backyard and beyond the hedge is our vegetable garden. Uh, I'm going to take that hedge out and next year I'm going to push the rink into the vegetable garden. I'm going to order another 20 feet of boards. So we're going to go uh, 50 feet long. It's going to be bigger and better next year. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Um, Kay Sterling. Many have spoken about ET invasion prophecies for 2022. Have you heard anything about this? Well, I, I'm always hearing about some sort of um, ET invasion prophecy or an end of the world prophecy. Uh, but I can't think of anything specific for 2022. Um, you betcha. True Ghost, the city of Toronto hosting the Stanley Cup. Mm, not this year. Hosting or hoisting? <laughs> Neither is going to happen this year. They um, they have no salary cap and too many holes to fill. Although they just went out and they um, they traded for um, Giordano, a veteran defenseman, played most of his career with Calgary, now with Seattle. He's 38 years old. Um, that's not enough to get it done. They have serious goaltending problems, and they could probably use another top six forward. They they just have no grit, no toughness. They are not, as they say, built for the playoffs. So not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. Have I ever had – oh, Raz Fitz. Raz Fitz, have I ever had an experience with a ghost or, or ghostly activity? Uh, yes. Where to begin? I think I've told this show or this uh, story a number of times over the years. Let me see where to begin. Um, the first time, let's just call this unexplained phenomenon because I really don't know what it was. Uh, my father passed away New Year's Eve, 1986. And, um, a few days later he was buried it was the uh, the evening of the day that he was laid to rest. And I was home from college on Christmas break. And uh, I was sleeping in the uh, basement, my old basement bedroom back home in Brantford. And I was, uh, I woke up. I don't know what time it was. I looked over on my dresser expecting to see my, uh, my clock radio. And then I realized my clock radio was back in the dorm at college. It wasn't there, which tells me I wasn't dreaming. If I was dreaming, the clock radio probably would have been sitting on the dresser because there's always something a little off about dreams, right? It's not reality. But this was to me, this told me this, this is reality. What I was experiencing, the clock radio wasn't there. I realized I was in a bit of a haze. And um, the room was pitch black. And suddenly I felt a presence in the room. I rolled over to face the doorway and there was some specter coming through the doorway. And the only other person in the house was my mother. Who stands about four foot eleven and a half in stocking feet. And so I called out to her thinking it was my mother. Who else would be coming through the door of my bedroom? No response. And uh, so I, I rubbed my eyes, you know, 
just like they do on TV, right? You rub your eyes, and what am I seeing here? And um, the specter was gone. So I put my head back down on my pillow, and then I, I closed my eyes, and then I opened them again, and there was the specter hovering directly above me, parallel with my body. In other words, its head was staring down at my head, and it was hovering above me the length of my body, above me. And I looked into its face. It was me, my doppelganger. And then I did something else they always do on TV. I waved my arms through this specter to see if it was solid. And it just scattered. And then it all came together as if it was, and and then it was like sucked into the corner of the room in the ceiling. So it scattered and then just came together like a, I don't know, like a little tiny light ball of light and then was sucked into the corner of the room and it was gone. And I never told anybody about that for years because I had no idea what had happened. Why did I see my own likeness? A doppelganger. Was that my father taking on a form so as not to frighten me? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know what that was. Was that stress after losing a parent, of course? Hard to say. Uh, let's see. What else can I tell you? Well, the, the, um, the telephone call that I received from R. Gary Patterson, my late radio partner. Those of you who are um, coast-to-coast listeners would remember R. Gary Patterson. He was a frequent guest there, the rock and roll historian. He wrote, um, he wrote books about rock and roll and the paranormal and strange coincidences and unexplained deaths and so forth. So our Gary Patterson and I were working on a radio project. We were going to create this radio program. It later became uh, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, the podcast. But it was initially going to be a radio show, uh, except Gary passed away. He passed away May 26th, 19, or sorry, 2017. And um, so we had been working on this show. He was down in Knoxville. I'm up here in uh, the Toronto area. So we talked via Skype or we talked on the phone probably two or three times a week for probably a year and a half leading up to his death. So the Friday night before he died, he called me on my cell phone Friday night. That would have been the 25th of May, 2017. And we talked, we talked about the project and he mentioned that we were supposed to have this meeting with the management at a Knoxville radio station. They were going to take this show that we were, we were putting together. We were so excited. We were going to build, you know, a whole network. We wanted to syndicate the show. So this was going to be the first station to take the show. And we were supposed to speak with them on the following Monday. And Gary called to remind me, no, Monday is Memorial Day down in the United States. It's a holiday. So the meeting is off. And I don't remember whether I even asked him 
Well, is it rescheduled? When is this meeting taking place? All of that is start that all of those details are starting to evaporate because it's been five years. But he did say some things that were rather strange. One thing he said is, uh, Richard, you know, you're a really cool dad. And I thought, oh, okay, well, thank you, Gary. I'm not sure where that came from. And then he said something else. He said, you know, Richard, you and I are a really big deal. And I thought, well, that's just Gary being Gary. He was always building us up, building us up, you know, so that we had some confidence as we were embarking on this, this project. And, um, and then I said to him, well, Gary, Monday is Memorial Day. And I always think of Memorial Day. I think of, you know, parades, veterans on parade. And I think of barbecues, family barbecues. He's down in Tennessee. They know how to barbecue. I said, Gary, are you having a big bar, a big barbecue on Monday? And he, for the first time I'd known Gary, he got kind of curt with me. He said, there will be no barbecue. And I thought, wow, did I just step on a landmine or something? Is there something going on with his family I don't know about? So I just kind of left it there. And I'm not sure how the phone call ended exactly. I don't remember. So that night, the mighty Aphrodite and I would listen to Coast to Coast usually, but I fell asleep. I missed it. I slept through coast to coast because had I been listening to coast to coast, I would have heard, I believe, um, I'm trying to think who the guest host was that night. He announced anyway, he announced that Gary Patterson had passed away Friday night. I missed it. So I woke up and, um, the, the guest host, Dave, oh dear, this is terrible. I'm forgetting his name. He was a frequent guest host on Coast. Dave, his name will come to me. He messaged me on Facebook and he said, Richard, I know you and Gary were close. I thought you'd like to know Gary passed away last night. So I quickly called Gary on his cell phone. Ha ha ha, Gary, big joke. What's going on? Give me a call. Of course, he never called. It was true. Gary was dead. So trying to remember how I found out Gary had passed away I think it was around 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock on the Friday I thought that's strange I know it was past 5 or 6 when Gary called me and how I know was it was this, it's, it's spring it doesn't get dark it doesn't get dark until probably 6.30 maybe even 7 o'clock at that time of year, after seven, maybe it was, it was pitch black when Gary called me. I'm thinking it might've been eight thirty, nine o'clock, just a guess, but it was dark. Gary passed away at five or six. I'm sure he called me at eight or nine. Anyway, when I found out that Gary died from the uh, Facebook message, I ran upstairs to tell the mighty Aphrodite. She was just getting up. And she said, without me prompting her, she said, you were talking to him last night. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Then I looked on my phone, my cell phone. And you know, on your phone, you've got something called a recents. If you click on that, 
you can see who you called and who called you. This is the darndest thing. The Friday, I had no incoming calls. Nobody called me on Friday. Not even my mother. Nobody called me on the Friday. There's more to the story. We'll, uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. Stay with us. The truth will set you free. But first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. And I'm sorry we couldn't connect with Kieran Woodhouse, paranormal investigator. He was to join us in the very early morning hours over in England to talk about his documentary, A Haunting in Essex. I played a couple of clips, but we'll get Kieran back on. In the meantime, ask me anything. And uh, Fishy Fun 57 and Raz Fitz wanted me to talk about some of my paranormal experiences. And... Um, I mentioned seeing my doppelganger just after my father passed away. And right now I've been, I've been discussing my late, uh, my late great friend and uh, partner, R. Gary Patterson, rock and roll historian. And I don't even feel comfortable just saying it out loud that I received a call from Gary after he died. I can't be 100% sure. Maybe somehow I'm misremembering things. But the strange thing is, he called me on the Friday. It was dark. My wife remembers me talking with him on the phone. I have this habit when I'm on the phone for a, an extended period of time. If someone calls me on the cell phone, I tend to wander around the house aimlessly with the phone to my ear. So I'll walk in the living room and I'll walk out the living room. No idea why I walk in there. And then, I'll, then I traipse through the kitchen. I remember actually being on the phone with Gary, walking through the kitchen, and the mighty Aphrodite was sitting at the kitchen table with my brother-in-law. They were in conversation. And my wife, the mighty Aphrodite, she remembered me walking through the kitchen with the phone to my ear. And then she heard the, you know, my end of the conversation, put two and two together, and figured out it was Gary I was talking to. So the Saturday morning after I discovered that he had passed away on the Friday night, and I ran upstairs to tell her, and without me prompting her, she said, you were talking with him last night. And then again, I checked the, uh, this is the strangest aspect of the story. I checked the recents on my phone. And uh, nobody called me on a Friday. I scrolled down a little bit. Gary and I talked on the Wednesday. We did. I remember I was picking my boys up from Greek school. I was sitting in a church parking lot on Bayview Avenue and he called me. That's when he told me, 
about the meeting with the uh, the management uh, team at the radio station in Knoxville that was going to take place on the Monday. So then he, that's why he called me on the Friday to tell me Monday's a holiday. Sorry, the meeting is off. And the last thing we said, the last thing I said to him is, are, there, are you going to have a barbecue on Monday? It's Memorial Day. That's what you do in the U.S. You have a barbecue. And that's when he got kind of curt with me. Or as curt as Gary could. I mean, he was a lovable, uh, lovable, fun. He was always so positive. Anyway, that's when he got curt with me. And he said, there will be no barbecue. Just like that. There will be no barbecue. All right. So um, I still couldn't believe it. Even after I called a cell phone, no answer. And um, a few hours later, I looked up um, funeral homes. Gary was from a small town outside of uh, Knoxville. Now I'm going to struggle to find the name. All of something. Just a little village, little coal mining town, Civil War era coal mining town. Beautiful. So I found the the one funeral home in town and I called it. I said, do you have a Rudolph Gary Patterson? And they said, yes. And that's when it then I realized it was true. So I, uh, I quickly booked a ticket down in Knoxville. I flew down there and um, stayed in Knoxville, took a cab, found the funeral home. And uh, there, there was Gary decked out in a, uh, a beautiful metal blue casket. And um, he had his, I think it was a Fender guitar, his electric guitar on a stand in front of the casket. And I waited in line to say my condolences. His brother, Michael, I think, was sort of greeting everyone. Went up and shook Michael's hand. And I said, Michael, I got to ask you something. I said, I didn't mention anything about Gary calling me possibly after he had died. I just didn't think that was the time or the place. But I did have a question for Michael. I, you know, obviously, I extended my condolences he was so happy to see me that, you know, he knew that I had flown all the way from Toronto. He was aware of our friendship. I said, the last thing Gary said to me was, I asked him, I said, are you going to have a barbecue on Monday? And I said, your brother, for the first time since I've known him, got kind of cross with me. And he said, there will be no barbecue. I said, I don't mean to pry, but do you have any idea what that was all about? And he looked dumbfounded. He said, what did he say to you? I said, Gary told me there will be no barbecue. And he was kind of upset about it. And he said, well, that's the darndest thing. He said, because on the day he died, all afternoon, he was out driving around looking to buy a new barbecue. I can't remember how much he said. He said, I think he said something like he spent $500 on a brand new barbecue And he spent the rest of the afternoon putting it together on his back porch. Gary was intending to have a barbecue. He went out and he bought a barbecue. He spent the last day of his life putting together the darn barbecue. Why would he tell me there will be no barbecue? Because he was dead. He wasn't going to be around on the Monday 
for the barbecue. Maybe that's why he was so upset with me. I don't know. Well, that's that, that's my story. That's the way I remember it. Did I get a call from our Gary Patterson after he died? I'm not 100% certain. I'm not 100% certain. But there's so many things that I can't explain. Like why his phone number didn't show up on my recents list. Why, why those strange things that he said to me? You're really cool. We're a really big deal. There'll be no barbecue. I don't know. Can't explain it. But that's, that's what happened. That's the way I remember it anyway. Uh, what else? There was one other. And uh, we were, my, my wife and I were living in Unionville, not too far from where I'm now, Thornhill. We had a big house. And we had two new babies, the twins. So I don't remember how old they were. So we're probably talking 2007, 2008. And um, I, would, uh, I would take my turn, you know, doing the nightly feeding every three hours, right? You got to wake up, feed them. And um, if they were kind of fussy, I would, they were itty bitty things. I could carry them both at once. I would walk up and down the hall, the long hall up in the second floor near the bedrooms. You know, walk and sing a little bit to them or whatever until they fell asleep. I, I practically wore a, a hole in the carpet walking back and forth with the boys when they were babies. And um, at the far end of the hall, we had a guest bedroom. It was empty, but if my sister, one of my sisters came or my mother would come to visit, that's where they would be. But it was empty this particular night. And um, it was warm outside. I remember that much because I finally put the boys back in their cribs. And that one bedroom, when I walked by it, the door was closed, but there was cold air coming out from the bottom of the door. I thought, what the heck is that? Is the air conditioner on? Is there so much cold air in there because it's trapped because the door is closed? Now I remember. That's I was I had the boys in my arms. I was at the far end of the hall. I felt the cold air coming under the door. So then the boys were asleep in my arms. I quickly took them back, put them in their cribs. I went back to the far end of the hall and I touched my hand at the door. It was cold. I thought, what the heck is going on? I opened the door and I got kind of a blast of cold air. But the air conditioning wasn't on. It was just cold in that room. And I felt a presence, an energy. I don't know. I'm not an intuitive person. Okay. I understand. I don't believe I have a psychic bone in my body. I'm not someone who sees dead people. None of that. But I felt a presence. And it's all true. The hairs in the back of your neck, the hairs in the back of your arm, or on, on your arms. They stood up. And I remember getting angry. I felt like there was something in that room and it was negative and I had 
my wife and two babies in the house. I wanted it out. And I started yelling into the room. I said, I don't know who you are or what you are, but I want you out. And all of a sudden, my fear turned to anger. And uh, I must have stayed in that room for 10 minutes. I mean, I was looking under the, I was fearless. I, I looked under the bed. I was looking in the closet. I was, I know you're in here and you're not staying. And uh, whatever it was, it left. The next day, room temperature back to normal. The air felt clear. That's it. Those are my three paranormal experiences or unexplained experiences. All right. Ask Richard anything. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. All right. Well, this hour has turned into an Ask Richard Anything. And I just got an email from Kieran Woodhouse. And uh, he writes, my sincerest apologies. My alarm has just woken me up. As I understood, it was uh, on from 5 a.m. my time, which is 12 a.m. our time here. Was this not the case? If I've misunderstood, then my sincerest apology. Then he, then he writes back, I can see the problem now. Our clocks go back this coming weekend. When we go back to the usual five hours ahead of Eastern time. So I'm an hour behind where I thought I was. This is entirely my fault. I'm used to being five hours ahead. Please accept my sincerest apologies. Not to worry, Kieran, if you're listening, we'll get you back on. That's the problem with time zones. And then to further complicate things, when spring arrives and you you go forward and for a brief spell, I think we're only four hours different with the UK. And then they go forward and then you're back to five. It's just a, a recipe for miscommunication and that's what happened. But uh, Kieran Woodhouse, paranormal investigator, we'll get him back on. All right. So ask Richard anything and um, thank you for indulging my ghost stories. But you asked. You asked. And uh, let's see. Uh, Fishy Fun 57. Richard, you and Gary were big. Think back to the Toronto show both of you did in the fall of 2016. That's true. And you know what's funny? I just re realized uh, that was in November, I think. Or no, it was October. It was around Halloween, maybe November of 2016. We brought Gary up to Toronto and we did a big um, live stage show. And uh, Gary was great, of course. That was the last time I saw him. That was about six months, seven months, maybe before he died. And uh, I used to take, we have a cash box, a metal cash box. You know, you keep, um, we'd sell tickets and things. And my wife had an event to go to today. So she pulled the cash box out. I don't know the last time we used it. And we opened it up. This is remarkable. <laughs> I'm just thinking of this now. We opened it up. And um, at the bottom of the cash box were a couple of tickets from that show. They were orange tickets. They were from the, uh, from the show we did with Gary. Isn't that kind of weird? And then someone asked me about them today. Synchronicity, synchronicity. You got to love it. All right, let's see. What else do we have here in the, uh, the live chat? 
someone wants to ask me my thoughts on Pierre Polyev. All right, so if you're listening in the United States, you're saying, well, who is Pierre Polyev? Pierre Polyev is a uh, conservative member of parliament from the riding of Carlton, which is up near the nation's capital in Ottawa. And, and um, Pierre Polyev is running for the leadership of the conservative party. He's not the leader yet, but many expect him to win. And uh, so George is asking me, what are my thoughts on Pierre Polyev? Well, I spoke with Pierre Polyev a couple of weeks ago on my daily uh, afternoon drive show on Saga 960. And I had a lot of questions I, I had for Pierre Polyev, and, and he was actually in, in Thornhill. He was in town, and I'm in Thornhill, but I'm in my home studio. And he called me from a car, and it was a really crappy sell. So we actually ended up cutting the interview a little shorter than I wanted. And we're going to do it again at some point when he's on a, a proper landline. Uh, and I had a lot of questions I was going to ask him. I was going to ask him about the World Economic Forum. Although he has stated on other media platforms, he was asked the same question, and he disavows any involvement with the World Economic Forum. That's a big question up here in Canada these days because our prime minister is, um, and the leader of the NDP, the federal NDP, the New Democratic Party, Jagmeet Singh, and other members of the federal cabinet are a part of what's called the Young Global Leadership, I think it's called, or the Global Youth Leadership. These were These are all... Uh, politicians around the world that have been, um, I don't want to say groomed by Klaus Schwab. And I don't mean groomed in the way you think, you may think I'm using the word. I mean, I don't know, mentored maybe is the better word. And Klaus Schwab, the creator, the founder of the World Economic Forum, has bragged about how he has infiltrated cabinets around the world with his devotees, disciples, students, apprentices, whatever you want to call them. And uh, our deputy prime minister, Christian Freeland, is on the board of directors for the World Economic Forum. And Trudeau is one of these youth leadership uh, people. So, and we know what the World Economic Forum stands for. You know, they want to they reinvent capitalism they think capitalism has failed. And um, so a lot of people up here are very sensitive about any politician that has any affiliation with the World Economic Forum. Pierre Polyev has disavowed it. He says they're publicly stated objectives. He disagrees with them. So I, I, I would take him on face value on that. Um, I think Pierre Polyev is, is very strong on finance. He's a fiscal conservative. He wants to rein in inflation by getting the government or the Bank of Canada to stop printing money, and he wants to cut, 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 which is what we have to do. He wants to make Canada the freest country on earth. I like the sound of that. What does that mean exactly? I don't know. Um, he's not a social conservative. I am. And uh, he's a, he believes in global warming, and, and um, he believes that we can get to net zero. I think net zero is a giant suicide pill. We should be an energy power. We should be exporting oil and gas and um, building pipelines across this country. Mm -hmm. He wants to build pipelines, but um, 
Uh, anyway, Pierre Polyev, he would, he would uh, based on what I've heard so far, I would certainly take him over the, uh, the current occupant. Um, well, I, I won't say 24 Sussex Drive because that house is in shambles and ruins. He doesn't live there anymore. Anyway, I would certainly, he would be a vast improvement over Trudeau. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a time out, take some more questions from the, uh, the live chat uh, right here. Don't go away. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. There we go. Welcome back. Sorry, I had my uh, my mic on mute. Uh, let's go back to the live chat. Purple Garden Hello. I love these handles. Purple Garden Hello. Hello, Purple Garden Hello, uh, who is in Ottawa this evening. Purple Garden Hello would like to know what I think of the grand solar minimum and why is the government not warning the people that they need to start gardening for food shortages? All right. Well, um, I don't know a lot about this, but a, uh, a grand solar minimum is when the sunspot activity is at its lowest. And this has something to do with, um, I guess, with when you have uh, a decrease in sunspot activity, that tends to correspond with much cooler temperatures. So um, we went into, I think, well, the sun, the sun um, was at its weakest, apparently, in 2019. But that's the weakest it's been in like 100 years. And that's, again, that's called a solar minimum. And so um, 2020 was, is supposed to mark the beginning of what they call the 25th cycle. So we are, we are likely to be in a grand solar minimum for the next 30 years or so, I think till 2053. And the last time, we had uh, kind of a similar situation with sunspot activity in the grand solar minimum. It was called the, Mar- uh, what was it, the Mar- Marunder minimum, something like that. That was back during the uh, 17th century, 1600s, 1700s. And that was known as the Little Ice Age. The canals in Venice froze over. So it was a, an elongated uh, cold period during the, the, uh, the 16 and 1700s. I think it also happened during the medieval ages. Uh, so if we're going to have colder weather, this is again why, you know, I don't, uh, I don't subscribe to man-made global warming. Um, I don't think that Carbon dioxide is like the thermostat on global temperature. It's, uh, there are forces far greater at work than cars spewing a little bit of CO2 and cows farting methane into the atmosphere. 
It has more to do with the sun cycles. So why, why, if in fact we are heading into a little ice age, why isn't the government telling us to prepare? <laughs> well, I guess, number one, they don't want us to panic. Number two, I mean, I think we can survive. I think there could be some food shortages, some supply chain issues. Um, but they do kind of, the government, they kind of, in little dribs and drabs, right? They're always telling you now, if you're paying attention, make sure you have, at least in, when I listen to U.S. radio, I hear these ads all the time from the government, U.S. government. Make sure you have 72 hours, uh, you know, worth of supplies. And that's, that's, that's always a good idea. Make sure you always have a little bit of cash on hand in the safe in case, who knows, there's a cyber attack. This has nothing to do with sunspots or the, uh, the little ice age. But if the internet goes down, who knows what Vladdy Putin will be up to if things don't go his way. So um, cash on hand. Certainly 72 hours worth of uh, food supply. I've got about four months worth of food for a family of five. And uh, coincidentally, I have been thinking about these um, solar power generators. I mean, I don't believe that solar power and wind power are the answer long term. I mean, fossil fuel is here for a long time to come. And uh, we need it desperately, especially in the colder climates. But um, more people freeze to death than die from so-called, you know, heat exhaustion and global warming. It's the cold we need to worry about. Can you imagine with no fossil fuels to burn, how many people around this planet would die freezing in the dark? Solar panels aren't going to get it done up here in Canada. Anyway, um, it's always a good idea to be prepared. And are we heading into a cooling period? Yes, we are. There's no doubt about that. We are not heating up. I believe global warming is a canard. All right, let's see. Who else do we have here in the live chat? Uh, trust divine mercy. Well, that's a beautiful handle. Trust divine mercy. I certainly do. Richard, do you think the Antichrist will come out of the World Economic Forum? Have you seen this Klaus Schwab? Some of the outfits this guy wears, he looks like a, the latest James Bond villain. Uh, he looks ridiculous, actually, most of the time. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly some of the things that he talks about and advocates for seems to line up with some prophecy. And uh, everyone now is talking about a move to a digital currency and digital IDs and a digital ID that would be somehow connected with a QR code and a vaccine passport. And is that the mark of the beast and yada, yada, yada? I don't know. I don't know. But it lines up in some way, doesn't it? I'd like a great reset, but not Klaus Schwab's great reset. I'll tell you that much. I'd like to reset a lot of things. 
but not the way he has in mind. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Uh, Keenan Key, Keenan Key, my dad Ray and I would love to know of any UFO experiences you've had, if any. I hate to disappoint you, Keenan and uh, Ray, if you're listening. I've not. I've not. Not that I know of, anyway. And the reason I say that is because I, over the last 20 years, I have talked to um, more UFO researchers and alien abductee researchers and alien abductees um, that I can count. And one of the things that they all, they all talk about is missing time. And um, I did have kind of a bizarre experience. I don't know if you would call it missing time or some sort of time shift or time, time dilation. Um, or maybe I, I don't know how to explain this. But when I lived in another part of town and I worked at another radio station and I would get off the air. I think I get off the air at one o'clock in the morning and I would rate, you know, get down to my car and race home. And, uh, you know, it was a routine and I knew exactly how long it would take me. Let's say I, I'm, get, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting now, but let's say it was 25 minutes to get from the radio station to my home in North Toronto. And um, on this particular night, I was racing up. Uh, let's see. It was Bayview Avenue again. Bayview Avenue. And I was supposed to turn right on York Mills. And usually when I got to York Mills, that was around the 20 minute mark. And I'm looking at the clock on the dashboard. And it's maybe 15 minutes in. And I look up and I'm not at York Mills. I'm at Finch Avenue. If you're not from Toronto, Finch Avenue is way beyond, way beyond York Mills. I thought, wait a minute. I wasn't speeding. How did I get way north of York Mills and it's only 15 minutes in? This doesn't make any sense. That has confounded me. For, that's close to 20 years ago that happened. The one and only time that I can think of. What do you call that? Is that missing time? And if it's missing time, where was I during that missing time? And then I think about the alien abductees who talk about missing time. So maybe that was my one and only UFO experience. Maybe I need to go under. Maybe I need to do a, uh, a hypnotic regression. No, I don't want to know. Don't want to know. Uh, let's see. Do we have uh, time for one more? I think we're just about out of time here, but I'm just trying to find one in the live chat. Uh, Core Gemini. The topic of demons and dark entities. Do you ever wonder if a psychological profile can be made on them to analyze a demon's psyche, to try and understand their actions, why they do what they do? That's a great question, Core Gemini. <laughs> How are you going to get a demon to lie on that couch and answer your questions? Or do a Rorschach test? They just, they wouldn't, they wouldn't sit for it. They wouldn't stand for it. All right, that's just kind of a flippant answer, but I don't know, Core Gemini, but thank you for the question. All right. My thanks to Carlos Kajina and Ryan White 
Uh, we'll be back next week. I think we've got a great one in store for you. What's going on next week? Let me look at the schedule. Um, I think Patty Greer's going to be here. I think we're going to talk crop circles. That ought to be fun. All right. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Day to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.